Good Morning Mayberry is brought to you by Amass Studio, LLC. This episode was recorded on September 9th, 2022, with Mystifying. Whew, good morning, Mayberry. Oh my word. This episode is fire. Absolute fire. Uh, Before I get into it, I got two things to say. One, I got to go down to LA and connect with the Eat Predators movement. I have been kind of plugging into this scene for a few weeks and got an opportunity to get down there for a couple of weeks and uh, really kind of get a sense of what's going on. I recommend following them on all the platforms you can find them on. Go check out their website, eatpredators.com. They are fantastic. And what's crazy is that they are brand new, basically. They've been around for like five seconds somehow organically they started emerging using rhetoric i've been using for decades and years on this show so that's cool right now while it was stunning it wasn't exactly surprising that the eat predators movement dropped right out of the sky directly into my lane but it's pretty cool i've been talking about the predatory producers the predatory industrial complex that's what they're taking on and frankly uh eliminating and hopefully replacing one thing i learned is that they have an interest in liberating sam maloney from her nda with warner music group which is cool because so do we Uh, And I mentioned it in the previous episode, Warner Music Group needs to abolish all conduct-related NDAs that do not just protect a project or confidential client information. NDAs that protect terrible people doing terrible things should be obsolete, and the companies that create them have every right and capacity to just basically tear them up and throw them away. It is absolutely at the autonomous discretion of the companies themselves and the acting CEOs, which is neat because Warner Music Group has gotten a new CEO. How nice is that? They could do it anytime. One thing to take note about with Sam Maloney's story is she was let go from Warner Music Group in September 2017. And what's interesting is the Harvey Weinstein story broke in October of 2017. So within a month, at most two, but possibly within a few days of each other, Sam Maloney was let go and then Weinstein's story broke. So that said, uh, dissolve NDAs that protect monsters. That's it. That's all I got for you. Now we're going to get into it with Melanie, AKA mystifying. That's M X underscore D E F Y I N G. Mystifying is one of the leading free Britney researchers, and you can find her on Instagram and all over the internet. Look her up, look at her work, go to her website. It is a lot. It is a lot. If you get overwhelmed, you can always call me at 415-3434-420 and tell me what you hate the most about all of this shit. I'm not going to talk anymore. I don't have anything else to say. I just want to get into this conversation with Melanie. It is mind-blowing. Here we go. Welcome, Melanie Carr. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, You've been on fire this week. I've been all over your posts. You're so granular and detail-oriented in your research and like the line of thinking that you're carrying. It's like you have an idea and you're like, I wonder if, and then you look up the research and you're like, "Mm mm-hmm. You put a little video together and you throw it out like, here's the theory. uh, And I can't get enough of it. I love it. Well, I had started with my videos doing like, I mean, I've taught college courses online, so I did that kind of thing. And then I realized, no, the kids, they want 60 seconds flash, you know, quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so I only started this Instagram, I don't know, like a couple months ago, but I've been on Twitter. I've had, I had to start a Twitter account just for this. Cause I was like, I'm going to lose all my people. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny when you get on something incredibly smart, sometimes it'll cause your community to be like, what are you even talking about until it gets vindicated which may take years for like whatever they deem valid to authenticate what you're saying um and then usually by then they forgot that you said it why they cut you off or why they were like off put by you and they just think that they discovered something on their own <laughs> so i told yeah. you that. i mean like with my fa family like i can't if I say Brittany's name, they like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I force people through that. I've got, I've got a couple family members left that I, I, uh, will force to hear whatever updates there are. And I, as soon as I say it, they start sighing and groaning and I'm just like, oh, but you don't understand. Cause I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'd rather irritate them and put a pin in the moment and be able to reference back to like, remember how I told you so kind of things than, uh, yeah. Silent, yeah. But. Well, I, I keep telling them like, oh, the the real story is gonna break soon. Like, yeah. I, I kept I kept thinking, you know, like I tweeted something to an NBC rep. I I spam the fuck out of verified accounts, but I kind of stopped because it takes a long time. And, but someone from NBC liked my big article, and I was like, oh my god, soon, soon mm -hmm. it's happening, and nothing, nothing happened. What was the theme on your big article on that one? Well, it's about how the private equity firms that owned Caesars Entertainment, which owned Planet Hollywood, where Britney was, they likely have a lot of dirty Russian money that flowed into there during the 2008 financial crisis. Okay. And Britney's hired two people from the Mueller investigation, and that's not an accident. Now, was that Britney hiring them or was that Britney's estate conservator? What, uh, no, what no, it's on Rosengard's team. Okay, all right. I know you just found my account pretty recently. Like four days ago. We booked so fast. Yeah. I th Like one thing, I felt like it was really uh, like moving for me when you corrected me when I was talking about rabbit holes and like you're like a guide and like comparing your work to BJ's work. The first thing was you were like, it's not rabbit holes, it's skydiving over superstructures. Yeah. So the court analysis serves its purpose and its role. Um, I think it's important for people to have that kind of knowledge by using legalese. These court mechanisms and the law becomes exclusive, you know, so I think that kind of education is great. For me, it's very hard for people to see the connect between how this all happened and how they've used classism against Brit's family. Because not that they're not guilty. I mean, they're her family of origin. You know, she deeply cared about them. So that betrayal is super terrible. Yet they're not the ones who are doing these big time deals to do capital investment for the Las Vegas residency. Sure. Part of me, if I dig real deep, some of me wants to have a little tiny bit of sympathy for James being $40,000 in debt and having this moment of desperation and realizing that he could use his daughter as collateral to come out of the debt and possibly, 
like capitalize on the entire circumstance in every way. And I imagine he saw himself, you know, clean and healthy and enjoying his life at this point based on the crazy things that they decided to do. But uh, I don't really actually have that sympathy. I have to make it up. I have to like, I have to really dig deep for like what would the negative space that it would be in, like what would that look like? And, you know, sucks to be in debt, but. Um, right. And when it. you have a gambling addiction, right. that's something that could certainly happen. And Brittany said he's not smart. And so I believe he was used as a tool mm-hmm. for other people. And the real Svengali's of the whole thing, their their name really isn't directly on any of the paperwork. You know, it's the same thing like with Al Capone, you know, like he, he was kind of, and, or uh, John Gotti, they're kind of untouchable because there's no paper trail. Uh, Lou Taylor really is a front person. Not that she's not terrible. It's that she, her career was propped up because of the success of Peace of Me. That's what took her next level. That's when she started getting the big business industry awards and such. So when we think about how the con was instituted, sure, he got a $40,000 loan. Yet when the lawyers who set up the con, they charged the estate approximately $32,000, but they waived that. They said, oh, no, she's in the con now. You don't have to pay for that. But then they billed her for like over a hundred grand of legal fees subsequently. And a lot of that just doesn't line up uh, the mainstream narrative. And, you Mm. know, we have that journalist, Nick, say he's an expert in Britney. And I really don't believe so. (laughs) Well, some of it is confusing for people too, because they're like, why is there still court cases happening if she's been released from the conservatorship? And the, like the simple nature of the fact that it's all financial at this point, and like the, they get to continue justifying charging because there are still like they have to come to things that are on a schedule. These it's just so bizarre. Like I'm like I look at these numbers and I'm like they really like like just what like Britney's mom is trying to get a million dollars almost covered in legal fees from it blows my mind. I just, I lit, I can't even put the right. words together to like, like how are they even justifying continuing to ask for the judge's time, let alone each other's time. And they could have just not tried to kidnap and traffic her. And it would have been, it, that would have been free to just leave her alone. Um, right. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I have two points uh, following up on what you, what you're saying is my court case, so in 2005, uh, we filed a court case, which was weird because the police actually found the hidden camera in our stockroom, so we would change clothes back there. It Whoa. was a lease space in a department store. So we didn't work for the department store. We worked for a cosmetics counter. And we only found out about it because you're not supposed to fraternize with security. Well, one of the girls from the Estee Lauder counter went on a date with a guy from security. They got drunk and he's like, tell them to stop changing clothes back there. Whoa. Because there's a hidden camera, right? Dang. And so 
no police charges ever. And then our case took two years to go to trial. The defense rested. Like we presented all our evidence and they didn't present anything. We, we never got information about when the camera was installed or when it was ordered or anything. And wow. so we together, there was four of us, almost won, won like $800,000. Wow. Well, which is wild, right? <laughs> but at the I, same congratulations. time. Congratulations. Good. That you no, no, it money. wasn't enough money. It really messed up my life. Okay. Because I got $180,000, but the lawyers took 80 of it. Mm. Right? The department store was going to appeal, but then they ended up settling with us because the interest on the damages accumulated monthly, right? So compounded interest, it would end up being a lot more money very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then my other statement, so that's why I'm just skeptical. I, I, I tell people, like, whatever Alex from Black Box turned over to Rosengart, that's a drop in the bucket. There's got to be so much more because we know um, her communications were basically monitored the whole time. Right. And that's why I'm skeptical. And the statute of limitations on money laundering financial crimes is much higher, right? Right. Uh, trafficking people across state lines, right? Because the conservatorship was in uh, California. And then Caesars required her to stay in it in Nevada. Mm -hmm. And then you also have wire fraud, which has a statute of limitations of 10 years. Mm. So who knows how long it'll take for them to discover any financial crimes, if there allegedly are any. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, my question is just how long is it going to take to link the Kardashians as let, I, let's table Kardashians because I have a whole theory about their relationship to the con okay so Rebellion Sparkles she's very active on Breathe Heavy which is that Britney fan website mm-hmm. uh, and she just joined Twitter but she's uh, works in investments Wall Street kind of stuff and she said that she told me this forever ago, like in 2010, Judge Reva Goats changed the accounting standards that they had to report to the court. So instead of reporting Britney's net income, they had to report Britney's net cash. And she says, insofar as accounting terms, there's no such thing as net cash because then you don't have a, an accounting of how all of Britney's income was used to pay other people before it was used to pay Britney. So we don't have any of that information. And a recent legal filing said that there's malfeasance going on in 2010. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So there, there's a lot going on there. Okay. Let's step it back. Let's go to square one and let's, can you define please, uh, mainly for me, because I have an understanding to some degree of what private equity is, but uh, I would love for you to tell me what it is, like I don't know anything about it, and why it is important. Okay, like I said, Rebellion Sparkles is my person. Private equity is basically like very opaque financial investments. A lot of times they will buy debt-laden businesses and then re- they do long-term investing. So debt-laden businesses, 
and they, you know, reconfigure them, sell stuff, etc. And then years later, they'll sell at a profit. So the other distinguishing things would be like uh, hedge funds, which would be publicly traded businesses, right? So they have a board of directors, a lot more of their financial transactions are public. And then you have venture capital, which is, you know, money pouring into s smaller businesses to scale them to be bigger businesses. Now, private equity is very opaque. And a lot of people on Wall Street already think that there's a lot of dirty money in private equity because they don't, they're not really accountable to anybody. Mm. And so she told me I have a tiny group of influential fans in Wall Street that are hedge fund people, which is hilarious to me, uh, because they really do believe that because I've tracked private equities moves in relationship to Brittany's career really does demonstrate that there was malfeasance going on insofar as her being ensnared by the private equity firms, particularly TPG Capital, and then Apollo co-owned Caesars with TPG. It gets confusing because you have the businesses and then you have who owns the percent of the businesses and whether they're private businesses or publicly traded companies. Mm -hmm. So for example, CAA and TPG went public this year. Hmm. So now you can buy stock on the exchanges. Do you think there was a strategy behind them doing that this year? I Is that something that they may have planned already, or do you think they were prompted to because of changes in their ability to keep secrets? I have no idea. Okay. I right. would have to ask Rebellion about that. Cool. I Okay, so as far as the players and companies involved, um, let's talk about TPG, Apollo, Caesar, and the Palms. Okay. Those are kind of like where I think where like more commonly people are able to understand what those companies are because they have stages like they're meant to be sure. viewed to some degree. Right. And it, it matters when people owned what and what percent. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you have a controlling stake, that is very important. So Apollo and TPG bought Caesars in 2006. But it was not finalized until 2008, and boom, financial crisis. Mm -hmm. People have said that TPG buying Caesars is one of the worst private equity moves of all time. Mm. So they were drowning, right? And Nevada was the hardest hit state in the country. Even so, you had all these houses get foreclosed on. In the United States, I think the national average was like 25%. Well, in Nevada, it was 60%. Whoa. So we're talking financial devastation with no end in sight. I couldn't even find a waitressing job in 2008. It was really bad. Wow. Um, Wait, and you're in Nevada? That's your... No, no, no. Just okay. uh, where I was living in Portland, Oregon at the time. Oh, wow. It was, okay. The financial crisis was bad and... Um, we don't talk about it enough. We'll never learn about it in school. Um, right. how, how horrible things really were. So Caesars is in crisis. And they basically, because they could secure Brittany coming to Vegas and 
Vegas had been a legacy market. So people were playing back catalogs, you know, Elvis, tons of hits, tons of songs, mm-hmm. not really on the radio anymore. Mm-hmm. Celine Dion. A lot of, there were like a lot of impersonators too, uh, doing performances, I think at that time. Am I misremembering that? Oh no, there was, there, you know, cover bands, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now it's totally reversed. Right. Right? Everybody will do residencies there now. Britney was the first. Larry Rudolph, I've seen him in news reports say that Piece of Me was planned three to five years ahead of it starting in 2013. When Mm. they announced Piece of Me, they were out in the desert and there was all these Britney lookalikes. He said they planned it two years ahead, which would be 2011. So the big move is, I think... It's basically like Britney was traded like a commodity between the Maloofs and the Azovs. The Maloofs were forced to sell the Palms because it was heavily in debt. And they sold it to TPG and Leonard Green and Partners. They, They only kept 2%. Now... Jamie Spears, and I've, I've, I don't know how much more patience I have to say this. He had multiple jobs with the Maloofs in 2008. I don't even know. I don't know, how many, I don't know why people don't care. Amazing. Well, I didn't know. So what kind of jobs, what were, man. Okay. So but let's step it back. First, first, let's, let's talk for a sec about those jobs. And then let's define who the Maloofs are, because I also just kind of recently learned who they are and what they're about. Okay, so in 2006, he starts a, it's some kind of home poker computer hosting thing. I I cannot find, I only found a couple press releases about it. John DeCastro kind of headed up the tech part, and it's still on his LinkedIn. Mm. Um, so they launched it to the Palms. That's the picture you always see. If you look, there's cups that say Palms on it. You know, the, the one of her and her dad sitting at a booth. Like, you'll see that picture everywhere. But they cut off the part where it says what they are. Even some pictures blur the cups, which is hilarious. Weird. Yeah, I mean, so not strange. really. But, like, there's so many weird things. There's so many like thou doth protest too much or like y'all didn't even need to say anything at all moments with this. Uh, yeah. Just attract negative attention and analysis because they try well, to there's a clear, mm-hmm, There's clearly a, a smear campaign against her. I When I was doing all those copy paste because I was just like, how else can... Uh, it's like leaflets dropping into occupied France during World War II. I'm just like, come <laughs> on, people. Get the message. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he had that business with them. He worked on the Maloof Money Cup, which was a skateboarding competition. He has two profiles on IMDb. Huh. One has, like, the framing Britney Spears on it. Because if you have archival footage you'll still be on IMDb Mm. as like making an appearance. Mm -hmm. And his second IMDb shows that he was an executive assistant and something else for the years 2008 and 2009. If I could only find him on video, 
That's the thing. People don't believe me till I have videos or something. I don't think people like to read. They like to multitask, so you can't read and do other things. So that's part of the reason. That is, yeah, that's some of it. Some of it too, I think, is that people are just so oversaturated with data. Like we're like, I was making memes for a while where I'd find pictures of like geese getting prepared to be foie gras. And like, I would like relabel it. So the goose was like us, the masses. And then like the tube is the data. And then like the mainstream media is the hand feeding it to us. And I feel like this kind of stuff, there's like a misinterpretation that it's superficiality or something to to consider these types of industries. I don't really get that. There's so much money in it, so many people and like things that it takes to put on even just one show. Uh, right. And and all I have to tell people is um, minimum wage is labor exploitation. Just right. think that way. People yeah. don't, they can't see that though, because in their, I mean, that then you add the element of fear to things or like a like a fear that people don't even want to start engaging the process of processing uh because if they if they really were to recognize that then they would have to accept that we are in a state of slavery advanced it's just evolved and been rebranded um yeah it's indentured servitude i think of it more so but yeah. then you you're never Money is freedom, unfortunately. Absolutely. You know, and because Brittany was te- technically indigent, you know, no access to cash, nothing. Like mm-hmm. she was technically resourceless. Yeah. Um, you know, the prison of the castle, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really hard because I get pushback from people who think I don't think she's free. Uh, I do. I just think. And this will make more sense. I think part of her investigation is classified. And once I get more into the Russian connection, you'll understand why. Uh, And I think she has to couch her words very carefully. Mm -hmm. I have sent everything I've done to Rosengart. Who knows if it's helpful, but I'm just, I, I, the reason conspiracy theories proliferate is twofold. One, can't trust the powers that be to report the truth. And they don't like context and they like hype and buzz. Uh, what do they call them? Buzz statements. Mm-hmm. Hot words. And then two. Mm-hmm. Bernaysian phrasing. <laughs> outrageous conspiracy theories are introduced into online communities. So many people are anonymous by nefarious forces it's not that expensive to hire a bunch of trolls or bots or and who knows who these people are like or what their interests are i know for a fact and this not on the internet but because of my experience with occupy you can get trolls mobilized essentially for free really like it at like really um reduced cost because a lot of the time it's just easy to find people that are in a position where they can be exploited because of their baseline psychology. Yeah. And they they devalue themselves. They see themselves as not, uh, not really worthy of much of anything. And so all it might take is a bottle of whiskey um, to get them to completely carry a message into a community. And Yeah. I, I think message. some of these people that propped up Jason Alexander they really are well-intentioned. They are, but intent does not mean that 
you used your critical faculties or that what you're doing is actually helpful. I'm a social worker by training. Mm. And so much of social work is about controlling poor people Well, that you see that all the time. Like, I know what's better for you in your life. And it's like, mm. it was a very hard field to be in because they act as extensions of the criminal justice system in a lot of ways. Yeah. Gosh, what a way to say it. So simple. I hope so. I, I'm really getting exhausted by all this, and I need to move on with my life. Um, I, hope I, to, bring- I hope to help uh, encapsulate the work that you've done in a way that it's preserved and available for people to be served without you having to carry it on your back. Oh, yeah. I had brain surgery on June 1st, and so, <laughs> you know, I was really depressed until I could have that, and this really gave me a lot of motivation and meaning in my life. I have a daughter. Yes, she's awesome. But intellectually, I really felt lost. I'm in the seventh year of my PhD program. And I've really run into a lot of issues finishing Mm. for various reasons. Um, So I I really believe in my work. It's all fact based. I've gotten validation from a a lot of people. uh, But there's censorship going on. Mm-hmm. And so some of these conspiracy theories are wild. And usually it's like, it's so much more boring than people think mm-hmm. because we know people like the buzz, the hype, you know? So when I just say, no, it's a long-term slow plan. And then this happened and then this happened. You know, it, people zone out. Mm-hmm. It's like, and so I find that when I use stuff, Brittany was kidnapped from her house, which she was, yeah. uh, you know, for the second 5150. Mm-hmm. That was, that LAPD chief is connected to ASAP, who's connected to the Kardashians and Brittany <laughs> now. So <laughs> this is why I lose people because it, and, and people are like, Hollywood's a small town. And I'm like, it ain't that small. The only reason I know people who any of... Hollywood for reasons. That it's not just a... It really is not a small town. It's a, it's, And then Hollywood, L.A. is so much bigger than what L.A. actually is. You know, like... Right. The, I'm about to go down there. And so I've been looking at maps. And I'm like, where do I want to put my body in, like, the hotel or the Airbnb or whatever that I start with so that I can get to all the places that I'm trying to be at and it's sprawling and massive, and Topanga Canyon and Laurel Canyon are like huge pockets in and of themselves. People just don't even know what they're talking about. They think Disneyland when they think of Hollywood. They think of like small theme parks, Sunset Strip or whatever. Like, Well, they think it's small too because if your parents are famous, the probability that you'll get a cush job or be famous too is like, 99.99% 99.99% higher than the general population. Sure. that I guess, yeah, people are conflating small town energy with nepotism. Like, that's cute. Yeah, I don't know who any of these people were that I'm talking about. I don't watch reality TV. I don't read trade magazines until I started doing all this. You mentioned you not- weren't a Britney fan, that you were into, like, underground music and that pop yeah she's like uh we're the exact same age and so when she came out you know i was like oh corporate 
you know, mm-hmm. bog. And and it was a time, right? Nine eleven happens, and you're just kind of like all these people. Almost everyone in Congress voted for the war in Iraq, and it was really wild because all you had to do is read non-American English newspapers and the evidence for invading Iraq was never there. And so, you know, I started going to anti-globalization rallies in the early 2000s and such like that. So um, you can't escape pop culture, but it's something to dance to, not think about. Mm. We did. There was a a distinct divide between the ideas of pop culture and the ideas of like activism and politics, and we're we're really pushing into a phase where the information is disallowing that segregation, and it's really like showing the weave and tapestry of how it's all one blanket, one suppressive blanket. Um, Right, cultural hegemony. They allow for dissent, right? Right, but they contain it. Yeah. And what you'll see, um, the most radical people, they tend to die very young. Mm-hmm. Like what Tupac was talking about was real. I mean, Eminem was, he talked about against the war to Iraq, all this stuff. Yes, he is saying homophobic, sexist things. But to me, being anti-war was more important than all that. Because all those people are dying over there. They wouldn't even do body counts. And people are like abroad. They're like, there's been a million deaths and children deformed from radioactive decay. And you you know what I mean? So all I'm saying is that 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 just wasn't, it it was just like people are dying and no one cares. So I came into this because I I had my first mental breakdown in 2007. And the way she was positioned Mm. was denigrating people with mental health issues and you know my court case you know and my dad's a soldier who went to afghanistan you know all that stuff worked together you know you have your psychotic break and then you're crazy forever Mm. and you just have this feeling that the culture hates you Mm -hmm. so i felt a lot of empathy with her and i don't think anyone i know could even like I identified with her more than anybody. So there's like this weird loyalty there. And then once I saw framing Britney Spears, I was like, I just thought she didn't want to talk about it. I was like, respect those boundaries. I always thought the conservatorship was weird, but I didn't know she didn't have freedom of speech. And I felt terrible. So I always was kind of like, Oh, she could have, she could be like the great person to like change mental health stigma, et cetera. And, you know, I felt bad for judging her for not doing that. Mm. Even though I, you know, it doesn't matter if she had a diagnosis or not. It's the perception she did that enslaved her. Right. So it never mattered. Does she have a diagnosis at all? They've changed it in the rhetoric a few times. Yeah, it it really doesn't matter. And, you know, Britney versus Spears should have never read her medical records on TV. Um, It it never mattered because whatever it was, was besides the dementia thing. Oh, right. Whatever it was, was was the diagnosis used to justify it, which is interesting because they used mental health stigma to justify the conservatorship, but at mm. the same time, they hid the dementia thing. 
And no journalists, I've looked, I started looking at, um, I started all this looking at old news articles and going through the archives. Mm-hmm. And nobody was like, hey, you know, there's like this short term temporary conservatorship for like mental health. You know, you reevaluate in a year. Mm-hmm. No journalists talked about that, which is wild. Right. Because if you think about the ideology, we can't have America's princess, you know, saying fuck the system, hanging out with Afghani immigrants. Oh, my gosh. Like, people don't understand. Like, back then, no one really was online too much except the young millennial. Oh, well, we are geriatric millennials. <laughs> How dare you? Actually, no, right. we, we started it. We started the millennial stuff. So we, most of, many of us, you know, we didn't even have TV. We were just on the internet and rented DVDs. So this whole <laughs> yeah. thing, we were all like, what the fuck? People are dying and this is like the new OJ case. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whoa. And Yo, OJ's case though, that was like a nutshell. Yeah. But it, it, it I lived in South Korea on a military base. Wow. And okay. it was breaking news. We never even got live TV except for when OJ said the podcast. I was like, wow. really, it was that big. And you, everything. Kardashians, wait. Okay, sorry, moving on oh, again. Oh, you know, the reason they think Robert Kardashian hadn't been an acting attorney for a long time, but he reinstituted his license because then he wouldn't have to testify against OJ. Oh, heck. Whoa, and see, you just, I was, in my mind, I had this question where I was like, would Robert Kardashian be rolling in his grave over what is happening in his lineage now, or? Well, no, he'd love it. Right, you just answered my question. It was like, one or the other, he's either going to be very, very into it, or it's the... Just just go look at him and be like, tell me he's not like a, coming up from a 70s gangster. His family... I actually even listened to a Kardashian's book for this shit. And uh, his family ran like a whole network of like uh, trash disposal in Beverly Hills. Whoa. Trash is affiliated with the mafia. They also did meatpacking affiliated with the mafia because it's easy to control that entire um, service or industry in a given locality. So the mafia loves that shit. Well, there's also, there's also like technologies involved with both of those industries that can be used for other types of like cleanup work. Yeah. Disposing of right. bones you don't need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Either one, right? Like, yeah, it's all biohazard, whether it's <laughs> whatever kind of mammal it's coming from. It's all just. People just it's all... Yeah, sure. Jimmy Hoffa just disappeared. Okay. Um, <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, So, Um, uh, like, I tell people this is, and Robert Kardashian had some ties to some music stuff. He's really actually pretty hard to find information out about. Yeah, that's where I was questioning things because the information I have found is like 70% PR of his own making. And his kids and wife haven't, ex-wife haven't touched his name since they've been, like, they've talked about him like twice in my research, I've, I've found, and it was all years and years and years ago, like 10, 15, 20 years ago or something. Yeah, Irving Azoff, the Azoff family, goes way back with the Kardashians to when Robert Kardashian was around. 
So Irving Azoff, manager of the Eagles, he is kind of known for representing bands that created the 1970s California sound. Mm. And he is somehow tied into how 2007, the rise of the Kardashians coincides with the fall of Britney. Like there's no getting around that. Right. And the Palms Casino is focused on the first is uh, on the first season of the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Wait, Palms Casino whoa. is in the first. Yeah, I, I made a, a reel about it somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'll send it to you. Wow. People don't understand how big the Palms was. I mean, yeah. it was like the celebrity hot spot. So the Maloofs are heirs to Coors Distribution Empire, Coors Beer. Mm-hmm. Now, they are maybe a generation ahead of me, so in their 60s-ish, five kids. Anyone who inherited an alcohol empire in the 20th century, 1900s, uh, they're tied to the mafia because of prohibition. There's right. no way around that. You'll see. If you go look when they were founded, it'll be like 1936. You know, it's never, it's never when prohibition actually was going on. Right. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh huh. George Maloof is the youngest one, I believe. And, uh, you know, there was rumors of him and Brittany dating. Uh, he was one of the first people that was photographed with her post con by the paparazzi. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I meant to mention Adrian Maloof, his sister, Jamie Spears, was hit her personal chef in 2008, late 2007. Okay. Her husband is, oh, what's his name? He's on the, he's a plastic surgeon, surgeon on the TV show Botched. And he even says that Jamie Spears was their personal chef, which is funny. And let me tell you, uh, I posted that, you know, in his real, in the reel I posted, he says, she'd even come over for Christmas. I know the whole family. And Brittany had posted soon thereafter. And I'm not saying, I have reason to believe she, she does see some of my stuff for so, yeah, for various reasons. And she was like, remember Christmas? And it was a uh, post where she was like, I'm going to go lay under a tree so my family remembers I'm a present or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they have been completely erased from the narrative. Mm. And so Adrian Maloof started on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which started in 2011. And she was on for a few seasons. You'll see the Palms Casino on, on the first episode or third. You'll also see that they own the Sacramento Kings. Now, mm. Sacramento is the capital of California. Mm-hmm. And Ron Artest played for the Sacramento Kings starting in 2005. Lou Taylor signed him as one of her big first high pro- higher profile clients in 2005. Okay. Mm. And he played for the Sacramento Kings for two years and left in 2007. Went on to play for the Lakers, winning a championship ring with them in 2010 or 11. Now, 
I've seen, oh, Jamie met Lou at church. I've seen people really believe that Jamie met Lou at church. No, I think that Jamie, through his business and family relationship with the Maloofs, met Lou Taylor through the Maloofs, who own the Sacramento Kings, who Ron Artest played for. Now, he's mm. changed his name a couple times. So he's been Meta World Peace, Meta Sandy Ford Artest, etc. So he was a talented player, and he also had a lot of public backlash and people calling him crazy, etc., because he was infamous for the malice in the palace. This was a game between the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons, I think. I think. It was definitely the Pacers, where he went into the stands to fight fans because someone threw a drink at him, which I think is legit, but it turned into a whole melee. <laughs> See wow. what I mean? It gets really confusing really fast because I wanted to know, I was like, how did Jamie meet Lou? And you'll find a 2005 article in GQ magazine that talks about Lou Taylor being Ron Artest guru. And the title of the article is Free Ron Artest. Oh, weird. <laughs> I'm like, you changed that bitch? Um, I don't know. I mean, there was Free Winona, whatever, but. Sure. I mean, a lot of celebrities are subject. They're, the, the, in, the person is enslaved to the brand uh and the concern for that varies depending on what kind of headlines are coming out about their either behavior or uh who's around them doing what to them um what kind of work opportunities they have it's there's so many different ways that this gets cut yeah and so he had faced a lot of public backlash so i think they sent him to a lower profile team sacramento mm -hmm. kings just kind of waiting out the drama till he could go play for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And I don't know why that's not mainstream knowledge. Like, I don't give a fuck if people are like, oh, Melanie came up with that. I, I'm just like, how, if you don't mention the Maloofs, the Azovs, or Ron Artest, I don't trust you. <laughs> I imagine a lot of it is that people hit an end of the line on certain players. Cause like Lou Taylor engenders a lot of attention. She's got, uh, she, she purposefully occupies space pretending to be a shadow figure while actively calling herself a spokesperson. Um, yeah. And putting her face on camera. Like, but no one who was ever the mastermind of the con would be photographed at the hospital on TV, or photographed at her fucking house, okay? They're certainly never gonna, they're never ever gonna book an appearance on, like, Good Morning America. Yeah, she's a front. Like, I think she's a terrible um, person, and she needs to be held accountable. Just saying she's a front and an enforcer, um, exerting power and control over Britney's life, that doesn't... That doesn't negate anything she does by saying, oh, she's not the fucking mastermind. Irving Azoff had Brian Wilson in a conservatorship. I mean, he did. He released a record with him shortly after Brian Wilson was put in a conservatorship in the 90s 
on giant records. It's not like Irving Azoff hasn't worked with other clients who are in conservatorships. Okay, so this is, I don't want to, I don't, we may, I think we should do a separate episode on this, but I do want to, I do want to like address this topic. I had somebody on the show yesterday who, um, he posed the question of if there have ever been any men in conservatorships. And I mentioned Bam Margera, uh, cause he's the only one that I know of, but you've just knocked a hole in my wall. <laughs> There's so many more, apparently, if it goes back to the nineties and you're. Listening. Yeah. If you're just talking no. about famous people, um, yeah, they're they're not as prominent, but on the grand scale of things, there's ton. I mean, I don't know the racial or um, gender divide on that, but I would imagine tons it's of men. a lot of, uh, of non celebrities. Certainly, I would assume this is absolutely my theory that a huge percentage of uh, white men, probably at least on paper, cishet white men who have aged out of being in a position where they can control the narrative in their lineage, uh, their kids yeah. and other people will step in. So I think a heavy percentage of overall conservatorships uh, probably are elder uh, men. But We of, should do of, a super cut of um, just white hetero cis men attacking fighting with paparazzi like fist fighting you know and like they're not in conservatorships okay yeah 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 toby mcguire almost ran some people over one time and i was like i was like like rooting for him i was like you should just floor it <laughs> like they're blocking your car you can't see i don't understand i don't understand how they are legally allowed to do what they're doing it's it's sanctified harassment and assault uh yeah like undeniably and, bizarre well, and they also, you know, they wouldn't do it if it didn't make them money. But people are conditioned to think that that's news. Celebrities, they're just like us. They're eating a hot dog, but it's like, they're not just like us because no one fucking wants to see us take pictures of our food on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like, so well, people that's don't arguable. think like that. I don't know. It's, <laughs> there seems to be an audience for any fetish. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like it's non-consensual mukbang. Like a, at least a third of the time, yeah. paparazzi pictures—they're just trying to get people in some kind of like weird. Like everybody does well, this face every day, but we don't get to see these people doing this face because they only want us to see pretty pictures. And, well, uh, and it also caters to people's mm, sadistic tendencies, right? To watch people suffer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, what else do you want to know about, like, what are your reflections? Man, uh, I guess, I mean, so with the, with the complicated nature, it's like there's so many players involved, there's different companies involved, there's different individuals from all kinds of demographics uh some publicly known some not publicly known um do you have theories about do you have theories about like where all this is going to end up heading because it was like what two weeks ago like the are we deposing jamie and lou kind of talk was like 
like they're going to have to get deposed and sure. whatever it is that ends up coming out from that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. There's going to be some fall person. There's going to be a scapegoat at some point And like, do you think that will be successful? Do you think they're going to remain in some kind of uh, control of the narrative and, and stay? I'm not concerned about Lou or Jamie being held accountable. Right. Now with Rico cases, they don't fucking announce the investigation. They say, okay, boom, 50 indictments today. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, define so the Rico investigations. Break that, that down. That has been my inkling the whole time is that it's a big, it's a big amount of money. So let me wrap up TPG real fast. Mm-hmm. And I'll come back to Caesars. TPG buys 35% of CAA in 2010. They up it to a controlling stake at 53% in 2014. Yeah, let's do another episode just on Live Nation and Azov, okay? So let's just say TPG, you know, they, one, bought off her daddy's business partners, the Mullers. Two, owned Caesars. Three, own CAA. So a lot of people come after CAA and I'm like, bitch, you know, owns them. Okay. So that drives me mad because there's good people and corrupt institutions, whatever. Mm. So TPG and Apollo own Caesars. Apollo, the head of Apollo is Leon Black, one of the richest people in the world. He's worth $10 billion. Hmm. And he gave Jeffrey Epstein $158 $158 million and cannot explain why. Hmm. Okay. And so TPG's head is David Bonderman. Bonderman and Leon Black were on the board of the direct the Russian Direct Investment Fund, which started in 2011. This was basically Vladimir Putin's slush fund. So they're on the board. David Bonner, they invade Crimea. Russia does in 2014. The ruble collapses. So there's this weird shift in money, right? You want to get Russian money out of Russia or that money collapsed. And then soon after the ruble collapsed, Caesars files for bankruptcy. Hmm. Now, what a... a Caesars was like selling its businesses to itself to make it look like they had money when they did not. They, so they bought Caesars and the debt they used to buy Caesars becomes the debt of Caesars. (laughs) Doesn't that sound so confusing? It's like they just move shit around, but someone else on the debt and they were so pissed at Apollo and TPG who owned all of Caesars that by the end of the bankruptcy, two years later, they ended up only owning like 16% of Caesars. And Caesars is with, worth billions of dollars. Mm. So they really fucked up. They were tied to Russian dirty money. And, you know, Bonderman, after the invasion of Crimea, he's like, invest in uh, Russia. It's great. War is good for investment. You know, it's like, fuck you, man. War's not good. And so that's that. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, and I just, I don't know where this question's emerging from, but how many of these players, do you have any awareness of these players being involved in Michael Jackson's situation, if you will? I have a, uh, Michael Jackson really needs, uh, I don't know if you've seen my connection map, it's on my website, that's in my link in bio, it's very exhaustive, Michael Jackson is on there, he needs his own connection map, I, I, I didn't know anything I mean, it's just wild. He, his family does not control his estate. That, isn't that there wild? Are, yeah, with a with a busted will that isn't even reasonable. <laughs> like he's someone. Yeah, that, it's so wild. It, yeah. It's, a, it's shocking. Yeah, that that was allowed to happen. Now, the president of AEG Live is connected to Michael Jackson, mm. and guess who was featured on? For the record, Britney's 2008 documentary, he's there. I can't remember his name. Randy Phillips. Randy Phillips. He is there because they did the circus tour and not Live Nation. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of sketchy stuff there. I don't have the time. I don't understand the Michael Caine connect. I, I wish Michael Jackson stands would do the, a connection map because then the puzzle pieces fit. I mean, Tupac's on mine. Courtney Love's on mine. You know, there's a lot of... Legit. I mean, Courtney Love... Cabana State was stolen from her. Huh. Okay, I don't know when yeah. you want oh, me to stop right. talking. Yo, I mean, well, so... Um, I mean, I think I think we could wrap this episode up. There's so many... We could, we could follow any line of this. Like, the, it's, a, it's a huge... It's a superstructure, the whole thing, and it's tied into other superstructures. Um, but I think the bottom line, the important thing, like regardless of whether or not people kind of like kept up with every little thing that we talked about here, or if they got lost somewhere early on, but just like the sound of our voices and made it to the end, um, or anything in between that spectrum of uh, process. Um, yeah. Uh, there was something you said the other day that like the essence of it was basically that capitalism is designed to extract from the creation of wealth. Um, and the importance of at least like in any new like lesson or anytime there's new information, there can be a bit of a learning curve where you kind of just have to saturate yourself in what's happening. And eventually you start to pick up, on different parts of it, things just make sense. They bake into your reality mm-hmm. uh, and fall into place. And so I think just kind of hanging in there is like a very important element of this. Um, but also right. recognizing that like, um, you know, it's like it's like when, when we're considering things of this magnitude, it can become very overwhelming. Like we're watching a tsunami come at us, but uh, it really isn't that way. Like. It, it's like every metaphor has to be applied. We can like turn that tsunami into a mountain and dissolve it or move it with the faith of mustard seeds. And that happens all the time. Right. Right now. Why, uh, why did the tsunami happen though? Was it a butterfly flapping its wings or was did the levee break? Right, okay. Right. So and this is what I tell people. On purpose. It's because the, the, the secrecy involved secret court hearings, secret documents, secret mm-hmm. business traction transactions, secret origin of capital investment that went into Caesars. So all these secrets, the reason I was able to figure it out because I tracked relationships. Right. 
right? That's where it's important, yeah. This is, it's all publicly available information. I have no insider information. Right. And at the end of the day, this is the same class of people that exploits us all. Mm-hmm. You know, why are more, the economic disparities are higher than ever. I did not really even remember seeing so many people living on the street when I was young, like mm-hmm. even 25. Yeah. You know, so it's only getting worse. And that, that's what I, I try to communicate to that pe- to people who are skeptical of pop culture, who are skeptical of Trump. This, this, it's not even that hard to tie these people to the Russian backdoor that, that Trump's administration was establishing with Vladimir Putin. Like, sure. this is legacy generational wealth. Yeah. And not to mention the Kardashians again, but I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago who was trying to explain what the Trump family is and compared them to the equivalent of the Kardashians before pop culture technology had invented reality television. Well, and the interesting, there's this podcast called The World Beneath. And when they broke up the five mafia families in New York City, uh, the Gambinos controlled all of construction in Manhattan. Well, Trump's dad wasn't allowed to build in Manhattan uh, because he was with the Genovese family in one of the boroughs, right? Hmm. But then Trump got like the Gambino's permission to build in Manhattan. And when they broke up the families, they used wiretaps. And the name of Trump's business is all over those wiretaps. Hmm. So we're talking legacy mafia there. And that's the thing is people don't understand all rich people are socially liberal. They don't care. They, they're, you know, sex trafficking, drugs, all that. They do not care as long as it's money. Right. And that's why it seems like Republicans, oh, they're hypocrites. It's like, no, they're not. They, they just, they're catering to their market, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You specialize, but you control the whole market. Right. So I could go on forever and ever. Yo, I could too. Yeah. Uh, mentorship legacies are. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, even how Brian Spears got his job at Philo. It was only 10 days after Christy Hefner, Hugh Hefner's daughter, joined the board. Hmm. Well, there's a Playboy Club in the Palms Casino. Oh, all right. The, the, the reality show shot at the Palms multiple times. The Girl Next Door. And like, what's her name? Heidi, whatever she, I've never seen her mention the Maloofs, but all you have to go getting images is the best to find (laughs) old images. That's what's up. Cool. Well, okay. So plug your, plug your locations where people can find information. I am mystifying on Twitter and Instagram, MX underscore D E F Y I N G. There's a link to my website that has all my big documents on there. Uh, I have a whole tab on my website just for Britney stuff. And I have, you know, a 25-minute article where I write out the major players that I've identified in the con. I have a immersive timeline. You can download a desktop app 
to look through it. Everything sourced, original documents, hyperlinked, etc. There's 500 entries. I have a connection map, everything sourced, hyperlinked. I, if you zoom out, it looks like the fucking world map. It's huge. And people have to be on there multiple times or you would not be able to look through the lines. Mm-hmm. And then I just have like a, a, a timeline table. So I try to cater to every learning style. I have some YouTube videos. I'm not that good at videos. And yeah, I just, I'm, I'm living for the day this breaks in the mainstream media because like, I know it will. It's, someone told me it's going to be 10 years. And I'm like, I cannot wait. I'm going to have a heart attack in the next year if it doesn't break. I don't think so it's So thank you for long. your time. Yeah, no, thank you for your time. Thank you for your work. I, where can people give you money for all of your labor that you're doing? Do you have a cash app? Do you have a Venmo? I I don't know it. I never oh. used it. But, right. like, I've always Send felt like... Later and we're going to put it in the notes. As... I, I feel weird doing that because people have used her name to make money. And I, I, if anyone wants to give me freelance writing gigs, I'll do that. How okay, that? that's fair. I like it. I, one thing that I am really enjoying uh, now that I have like immersed myself in the the scene of I, I'm just calling it the freedom movement at this point, which is interesting because some other people are trying to co-opt that term. I don't know if they're on actually a different track than I am, but they seem like they're saying different things. But um, uh, the ethics that I'm finding in people that are like there's a devotion to getting. Uh, information clarified and making sure that we're speaking from an authenticated space and like a lot of the time it's very difficult to figure out what ways to um, ask for value from like that feedback uh, to to kind of compensate that effort. Right, Um, right. I was very motivated by justice but you know I'm Ah, yeah, it's I'm hard. motivated to make sure you got food. I'm motivated to make sure you know that's. I love. Uh, I got student loans. <laughs> that's what's up. That yeah, cover your loans, whatever it is. Because the the thing about this kind of stuff is, it's people that are figuring out how to pull energy from the world. Because currency, money is whatever. It's about our time. It's about our relationships, and so they're able to kind of get. Uh, a narrative going that's about money and put themselves in positions where they're very much enjoying how they spend their time and they get to be, even if they're not internally enjoying it on the surface, they're on solar powered yachts and drinking hundred dollar drinks. And uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't see a reason why um, (laughs) we shouldn't kind of consider how we can take care of each other. We don't have to escalate to the point where we're trying to do like a Bezos solar powered yacht that can't fit through the canals that it was built in to get into the open ocean. Um, but, uh, we can take care of each other, I think. Yeah. Whenever I see like $25 million mansion, 10 (laughs) bedrooms, I'm like 10. I think there should be like a thousand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get everything sorted out one way or the other, or we'll die trying. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. We got to build coalition alliances know that each other are not the enemy and Mm. the truth is on our side and how thank you so much for your time thank you so much for your work i really am so glad i found you in the internet oh i mean i am too this is cathartic excellent
It's like free therapy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Wow. Follow mystifying MX underscore D E F Y I N G everywhere you can. Uh, follow us, Good Morning Mayberry, everywhere you can also. Check out our website, goodmorningmayberry.com. Click on merch. Grab yourself a little shirt or a mug. Use it to drink the tears of your enemies while you sit and contemplate how you too plan to take over this terrible world and make it a better place. This is Good Morning Mayberry. You've just listened to mystifying, mystifying a lot of information around pop culture, economics, and global politics. Uh, I don't have anything else to say right now, so that's all I got. I'm your host, Shift, and always remember to never forget. It's not rabbit holes, it's skydiving over superstructures. Yes, it's very hard for people to see the connect between how this all happened and how they've used classism against Brit's family. Because not that they're not guilty. I mean, they're her family of origin. You know, she deeply cared about them. So that betrayal is super terrible. Yet they're not the ones who are doing these big time deals to do capital investment for the Las Vegas residency. Would have been free to just leave her alone. Good Morning Mayberry is brought to you by Amass Studio, LLC.